Well, good morning, Contact family. We're going to continue our series on serving today. A couple of things before that. Last week, I was going to tell you that Ron is on sabbatical this month. So we're going to be praying for Blondie. That's right. Because I don't know if Ron knows how to take a rest. Yeah, y'all are all like, yeah, we know it. We know it. The other thing that was funny, Valerie and David, unfortunately, had to leave for a family emergency real quick. When she walked in, she saw my dad and said she had flashbacks to fifth grade when she saw him. Valerie used to go to the same congregation as my parents did for a while. Her dad was the preacher there for years. My dad's song leader. And so we have a lot of crossing paths from before this time. So we're continuing our series on service last week. uh, Well, we're just going through the slides. We talked about how at the beginning of the year, we had had a focus on service as one of our ideas. We finally are getting around to it here in October, but better late than never. We talked about at the very beginning that it is a reflection of our master when we serve. It shows our love for each other, and it shows love for those who have not joined the family of God yet. And these are all really important things for us to consider as we think about what it means for us to serve and to be servants and to follow Jesus. We talked about how there's practical ways we can do that. We want to find ways we can use our gifts here as part of contact and building maybe make that a little more vague as part of the family of God together. We also want to find ways to do that same thing when we're not present together, right? When we're at other places, when we're out in the world and we have opportunities to serve. And then for our staff, one of our big challenges is finding more ways to include everyone in the things we do. And so we want to keep finding ways to do that. You know, if you guys aren't, aren't working during the day, we do an after-school program at 2.30 at Parkview on Mondays and Western Pines on Tuesdays, and you're welcome to come out. So talk to me if you want more information on that. There's always little bits and pieces. One of the big ways you could serve right now is if you wanted to go get your certification to substitute teach. Right now I'm at Webster two days a week most weeks because they can't always stay open. And we are blessed to get to have a great relationship with our schools over here on the west side um, and hopefully get to share some light with those kids. So there's other ways we can do things. We're going to keep on looking for opportunities and options and hopefully we'll find some really great things and be creative and We'll see. All right, so last week we talked about how Jesus served and was a servant, and that was part of the way that Jesus understood himself was as a servant. We looked at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and one of the things that we pulled out of this is we said that Jesus shows up for and he gives time to others. We saw that when he wanted to take the disciples on a retreat, but he just couldn't get away from the people because he had compassion on them, he loved them, and he wanted to care for them. He was willing to get messy. He'd wash their feet. He would go wherever he needed to, even amongst people who were about to betray him. He was ready to serve them. And finally, he died to offer us freedom and new life, as service basically just means when you do something for someone else. So now we're going to get into our calling to serve, right? And so we're going Ron style today. we got an acronym for you, and that S is for shoehorned, because I shoved these words in to fit with this acronym and made it work even if it shouldn't have. All right, that's not really the first one. The first word is, (laughs) some of y'all are writing shoehorned. All right, the first one is show up, show up. We saw that with Jesus, that Jesus would show up and offered love to others. We are called to show up as well. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 25 for a few seconds. This is in the middle of a parable Jesus tells called the story of the sheep and the goats. He's got two groups of people, the people on the right and the people on the left. And this is Jesus talking to the people on the right. 
He says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. What do you hear? Service. Do you hear high and mighty, lofty theological things? No, you hear people that are showing up and taking care of somebody else, right? Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick and in prison and visit you? They're going literal, right? Jesus, I don't remember doing that for you. I know you're saying it. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me, right? So does Jesus care when we show up and serve? Is it just serving someone else when we serve? No, it's serving Jesus. That's, that's big, right? Don't you want to get to serve Jesus and get to be close to him? One of the ways he offers for us to do that is with those around us, with those around us. The back half of that story is the people who didn't do those things. They didn't show up. And Jesus says, my kingdom's not for you. This is a kingdom of service. So y'all going to have to go somewhere else. That's, that's bad. It's, it's bad news. So we want to be sheep. We don't want to be goats. Because that's the story is the sheep and the goats. All right. Show up is your first one. Second one. End of the line. End of the line. Mark chapter 9. Verse 33, after they had arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. Nothing, Jesus. We weren't talking about anything. We were just minding our business, counting the trees. (laughs) He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him, and he said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this one on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. Okay, so we got two things. That sounds kind of like the sheep and the goats again, right? Is anyone who's welcoming and taking care of this child is actually doing that for Jesus. So when we're caring for others, when we're caring for children, he's also saying some things about kids, right? What's a, what do you know about kids? A lot of you know a lot about kids, right? Your kids. Some of you are kids, and you know what it is to be a kid. Kids act a little differently than adults, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Some of them. Some adults, some adults didn't lose that kid, and you know what, that's actually, there's some good things about that. In another passage, Jesus will say, you need to be like a child to enter the kingdom. (laughs) What do children do? Children, they just trust, right? Children believe the best about you. Children can't do a lot for themselves. We got our baby over here, and we were talking about how she's the empress of the house, telling us when to do things and whatever. But you know what? If we don't do it, what happens to her? Nothing. She can't do anything. And so if we stop, that's it for her, right? So she needs, she's totally dependent, totally dependent. 
These are things that we, that we see as being a child. But then, as Jesus is talking about this in this attitude of serving, what does he say? He says, if you want to be great, what do you have to do? Not just serve, servant of who? Everybody. Everybody. Does that sound like a lot of fun? Not most of the time, no. I don't like that. That is the challenge, Billy, is we don't like some of them, right? Is that there are people that we say, I would prefer to not be in charge of serving this person. Let me pass them on to one of my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and they can serve them, and I will serve this person over here that is much more reinforcing to serve. <laughs> That's how we feel sometimes, though, isn't it? But Jesus says, you've got to be the end of the line. You've got to be last. You've got to think of everyone as better than yourself. That's from that Philippians 2. Think of others as better than yourselves. All right? So we're going to show up. We're going to be the end of the line. We're going to look at others as better than us. Our ransom for many. Now, here's a, here's a good shoehorning in on this one. I really had to find an R, and it was tough. But this is a good passage, and this is actually a very, very similar passage to what we just read in Mark from Matthew's perspective with a few different kinds of details, okay? So we're in Matthew chapter 20 here, verse 20. It says, Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What's your request, he asked. She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Can they be number two and number three in the kingdom. It's just a simple, humble request, right? But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. I wouldn't be so excited about that, right? Of course, that's my emphasis on how they're saying it. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. You hear this? Remember in Philippians, Jesus says he could have clung on to being as powerful, to being having all the authority of God, but he lets it go and becomes the slave to God's will, to the Father's will. He says, I don't even have the right to decide that. When I'm the king, I don't even get to decide that. My Father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Indignant is a fancy word for they were ticked off at them. <laughs> what do you mean you were asking? There's a, Peter's the popular one. Come on. What are you guys asking for two and three? What about, what about, what about me? I've been here, I've been here doing all this myself. What? But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. You ever hear that? You ever see somebody puffed out chest? That's the big boss. I'm in charge, and you'll do whatever I say. Respect my authority for no other reason than I'm powerful. Doesn't matter how I act, my attitude. You see it a lot in prison, you said, and other places too. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. 
and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. We read that verse last week. But that's the context that that's found in, is as people of Christ find themselves in positions of leadership or authority, even if it's a small bit of leadership or authority, how are we going to act? Are we going to take it? Remember the parable of the unmerciful servant where the king forgives him his great debt and then he goes out and chokes out his other guy who owes him money? Because he didn't get it. He didn't get it. Are we going to get it? Are we going to get how Jesus gave his own life for us? So that we can give our lives for others. What's it mean to be the slave of someone else? We talked about that some last week too, right? It means it's not your choice anymore. It's not your choice anymore. I am following Christ so closely that I don't get to decide where I go, who I love, who I serve, who I'm caring for. And so my life, just like Christ's, in a way becomes a ransom for others because I want to give myself over to Jesus because Jesus is the good king, right? Right? And and we say this, and and some of it sounds like, well, man, this is just a bummer way to live in some ways. But at at the same time, you're going to serve somebody, right? We're going we're gonna to either be trapped by sin and death or we're going to be lifted and encouraged and built up by Jesus. And if you're following a leader who does this, doesn't it make it easier to get down on your knees too? I hope so. I hope so. V, got a variety of gifts. A variety of gifts. First Peter chapter 4. It says in verse 7, the end of the world is coming soon. Remember, with the Lord, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. So soon, in the grand scheme, is soon, but it may not be in any of our lifetimes. But it's coming, right? And even if it's not the end of the whole world, the end of your world is going to come one day. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. If we love, it's a lot harder to be divided because I care too much about you long term to want to end the relationship, right? Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Did you hear that? God has given each of you a gift. How many people in this room right now? 50? There's at least 50 gifts in this room. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. You have one of a variety of gifts. 
that God has given. And those are many. There's spiritual gifts assessments that people use sometimes, and there's all kinds of different lists because there's so many different kinds of gifts that you could have, right? And some of you guys have done that. Some of y'all may not even know what I'm talking about. But a lot of you know what you're good at, right? And you know that on a great day, you've used that to bless somebody else. And that's what Jesus is calling you to, identifying those things, figuring out how you can use that to the glory of God as a service. Last one is E, eternal significance. Eternal significance. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. I'll come back to it. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, we already had a sow. He's already making a point, so he's stacking point on point here, right? Okay. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Whenever we have the opportunity, whenever, we should do good to who? Everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. The things that you do now are going to have significance forever, right? That's even the first passage we read in the story of the sheep and the goats, is that those little acts of service, those little things of saying, I know somebody who needs something, I can do something about it. Those things are going to show up in the way Jesus receives us or turns us away. There's many that are going to call me Lord, Lord, and not enter the kingdom, Jesus says. There is a calling to serving and to working on behalf of God's kingdom. Paul says that for those who don't have a lot of works, and this is a rough paraphrase, they're going to be like building a house, and it's going to go through fire, and it's going to just make it if they didn't do much, right? But the more we do, the more that we reflect Christ, the more that we submit ourselves and surrender to the things Jesus is asking from us, the more that we are willing to get messy like Jesus, the more that we are willing to think of our lives as owned by God and not our choice, the more we get there, the stronger foundation, the more that the life we have now is going to last into eternity. Because there are things about all of us that need to be cut out, aren't there? I got some things that I'm still hanging on to that are of this earth that I need to let go of to say yes fully all the time to Jesus. That doesn't mean that I haven't been through the waters and that Christ hasn't redeemed me. There's still room for me to become more like Jesus. There's still room for all of us to become more like Jesus. And that is what we're being called to here with service, is Jesus was a servant. If we want to follow Jesus, we have to be a servant too, right? You are called to serve. Next week, we're going to look at that more practically, right? This is the, if 
theological basis. Next week's going to be the fill out a piece of paper talking about ways you can serve, and we're going to do some service stuff during service, okay? It's a little bit of using a variety of words. But serve. Each of us is commanded to serve. This is what I want you to think about this week. And don't just think, you know. Once you figure it out, do something. How are you serving? How are you serving? How has Jesus served you? How can you serve? Guys, I'm so thankful for you being here this morning. We're going to pray, and then we're going to stand and sing here in just a second. God, thank you so much for the way you serve us. Thank you so much that you gave your life to transform us. God, it's a scary thing sometimes to think about giving ourselves fully over to you, but God, help us to continue every day to say, yes, you are a good king, a good Lord, and we want to serve others the way you've served us. God, we love you so much. We praise your name. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.